here we are right now with another day with another conversation with some more words to share and today we're talking about the battle of the sexes and this came to mind because recently i was talking about gender and essentially what i was saying is that gender and identity is rather simple and easy to lay to rest it's really one of those things that isn't complicated and it doesn't take much to make peace with it it doesn't take much with a little bit of intelligence to integrate it fully into your life now that is to say that there is a difference between gender and the sexes <laughs> and if the gender debate is simple easy and so plain to later rest then the battle of the sexes man versus women feminine and masculine that is a war that is a war that will rage and rage and rage it has been raging and it will always be raging as long as there are men and women some might even say that the only reason we have war is because of this difference between men and women and it's quite curious that in many of the wars of the world men and women were separated they were put into very different roles and isolated for extremely lengthy times and extreme times at that and it really is one of the most horrific things of the human condition of this human story that we are a part of which is that war exists some of the greatest terrors of what it means to be human exists in war is because of war is expressed in war but if you understand duality and polarity you understand that destruction pain hell is the flip side of creation joy beauty and heaven and really really these things do go together these things are in so many ways in connection with each other now of course what are we to make of it what are we to do well most practically and most realistically this war is played out in our intimate relationships between the opposite sex between man and woman and you can understand this if you can relate to when i say that the most beautiful thing of your life is your relationship with your significant other and yet also somehow the most frustrating and infuriating just just downright pain in the neck moments have been because of that intimate other 
If you're in a long-term relationship, if you've gone deep into your relationship, then you have found those moments. You have found those events of tension, those events of chaos, destruction. It's a kind of war. It's a kind of, my goodness, I, I could kill you right now. And there's a great self-help book that comes to mind, and that is by David Dada. And he's got this very famous self-help book. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's called Way of the Superior Man. And one of the insights he shares in that book is that you should never wait for your woman to become easy. Stop waiting for your woman to become easy. Ah, oh, if she should if she could only just get her life together. Ah, oh, if she could just relax. Ah, oh, if she could just see that everything's going to be all right, then we wouldn't have these arguments, these fights. But what Dada wages, what he proposes in this book is that well, she wants to relax into your strength of understanding of how life works, your confidence, your grounding, your clarity, your sense of ah We can do this. We can pull through. Everything's going to be all right. And the way she relaxes into that is by testing that you really are grounded. By testing that you really are stoic. And she might not know this. She might not realize it consciously. But she's testing it to see. She's testing you to see, can you really take it? How much flack can you really take? Because the amount of flack that you can take from her is the amount of flack that you can take, which means that any problem equal to or lesser than that flack can be solved by you. And that needs to be a hell of a lot bigger problem then she can solve. You are her guardian. You are her caretaker. You are her protector. Now, of course, this whole dynamic that Data is painting, this picture that he puts forward, is in some ways limited, in some ways consequential, in some ways circumstantial. And Another way, or a counterway, to sort of put back against data is to say that, well, men need to be soft. Men need to be vulnerable. Men need to actually find their greatest ability in realizing that things are not in control. There are things we cannot defend against. There are things that we don't understand. There are things that do overwhelm us. There are things that do bring us to tears. And that's a different kind of strength. That's a different kind of relationship. That's a different kind of connection that you have with your intimate other, your significant partner. And of course, you see this in war. You see this in the great empowering side of war and really think about this when a man goes to war there is an immense power in that he gets his uniform he gets his 
utilities built. He gets his training. He gets his gun. He gets his weapons. He gets the strength of the group. He gets the support of the men around him. That is very powerful. That is very uplifting. Can you imagine just this huge band of men with weapons? Maybe they've got heavy artillery and they've got tanks and they're all made of steel and metal and they're set to destroy. There's this very, very masculine, powerful sort of pushing forward feeling to all that. Very empowering. You could feel like a superhero. In that situation, don't say, don't say so quickly that, well, I would never go to war. I would never kill someone. Just wait until you're given the chance to feel like the most powerful person in the world. Where else can you get that feeling? Now, of course, there are other places you can get that feeling. And it is a shame that people would have to feel that they have to go to war or join the army to get that. There are much better ways that we can spend our time and energies as humans on this big blue ball than preparing for war, of course. But the other side of war, the other flip side of the empowering side, is that it's crushing. It's soul-destroying. Tears the light out of their eyes. And there's a great depiction of this in one of the most famous war movies of all time, which is The Pacific. And I believe this was directed by Tom Hanks. It was either directed or he starred in it. I think I think there's two series. There's the specific, the Pacific and then Another one, either Band of Brothers, I think it's Band of Brothers or another one that he acts in. I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. The point is that the Pacific is the one which really shows how much men are destroyed by war. And there's this pinnacle scene where this young man is going off to war. He's enlisted to join the army. And his dad is a doctor who had been treating people, who had treated people from the First World War, and he's telling him not to do it. And the son is basically saying, look, I have to do this. I will never be able to hold my head high if I don't do this for my country. All my friends are doing this. I must go to war. And the father says to him that the worst part about war was not that people came home with their limbs missing, with body parts being blown to bits, but it was that they had had their soul turned out. They had had their soul completely ripped out. And of course, the entire movie, the entire series, is the unfolding of that process for this character that we see who actually does go to war and he does return without missing any limbs and yet you see the consequences of him having his soul torn out or turned out. So that's a little bit 
about the battle of the sexes. I mean, if we really get into the battle of the sexes, then we look at relationships, we look at dating, we look at sex, we look at attraction, we look at power in a sense, in a sort of socio socio-cultural sense and an interpersonal sense, right? There's this there's this very sort of spike in sort of power play when we look at the power between men and women and sex and how that how that works. That's that's a conversation that we'll that we'll have again and again. So fear not, we'll be reassessing this topic as we move forward. But it's an age old battle. It's an age old game that's been going on. And the real the real truth of the matter, the real the real thing that must be understood by men and women alike is that men and women need each other. And that is the downright truth of it. Whether we're talking about polarity, attraction, disgust, repulsion, fighting, getting along, or whatever it is, however you want to look at men and women and the masculine and the feminine, the fact of the matter is that we need each other. And we need each other in so many ways. We need each other for support. We need each other for validation. We need each other for being tested. We need each other for being protected. We need each other for seeing a different side of the situation, for seeing a different perspective, a different point of view. We need each other for beauty. We need each other for sex. We need each other for these orgasmic feelings, these incredible feelings. And that is the truth of it. And of course, it's fluid. It's always changing. Sometimes it's one way and sometimes it's the other. Sometimes the woman needs to protect the man. Sometimes the woman needs to be strong for the man and vice versa. There's all sorts of dynamics to it. But fundamentally, really, really when we get down to the, the core of it, the battle of the sexes, the absolute truth of it is that men and women need each other. And it really hurts to admit that. It really hurts to actually go out and say that because so much of the time we just deny it and we are denied that need. We are denied our needs. We are denied our desires. We are denied our wants. And of course, it does come back to power because when someone says, well, I need you, that's a reliance. That's a admission. It's a kind of surrender. And of course, look what happens when armies surrender. Look what happens when countries surrender at the end of a war. They're completely steamrolled economically, politically. They're steamrolled for their resources. They are, in so many ways, just put down because of the loss. And of course, that really does come after the loss of the war, the loss of 
the hurt that comes from being in the position where they find that surrendering is their only option. So there's a very deep correlation between war of nations and the battle of the sexes. And we will be talking about both in different ways moving forward. So thanks very much for tuning in. Please leave me a comment and share your favorite episode with a friend. I also have online courses if you'd like to browse those, if you'd like to see what you can learn if you're a more serious student. Otherwise, thanks very much. Have a beautiful week. And we'll be back soon with more. And that's all I have to say for now.